So I've got the absolute pleasure of um, introducing Paul here this uh, th this morning. So Paul has had a, a wide range of, of different experiences, ranging up to, to that of a, of a managing director. And he's going to be speaking about building a brand, both from a, a personal sense and a, a business sense as well. So over to you, Paul. Fantastic. Okay. Thanks, Will. Can everyone hear me okay? Good, good. I'm going to ask you a few questions throughout. So if you think you're going to sit there in silence, we're not going to do that. So we might be a little bit more interactive. Um, so yeah, we're going to talk about uh, creating uh, your brand um, today. Um, but first of all, I'll just introduce myself. So yes, as Will uh, quite rightly said, my name's Paul. Um, I am a, a management consultant and I've been working in the, uh, the health and fitness and mainly education market for the last um, 20, 22 years, something like that. Um, I've worked for Premier Training International, Strength and Conditioning Education, so I know this market um, relatively well. Um, and what I've found and what I do now is I work with a number of different businesses, uh, sometimes startups, maybe uh, in the UK and, 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 and abroad as well. We currently work with um, uh, a number of, uh, of businesses in the States and, and in Australia as well. And, um, when we work with entrepreneurs and small businesses, we often find that actually we're not the guys that come up with the answers. The answers that you are looking for, you already have, and you need some sort of coaching and teasing to get these answers out of you. So the things that we're going to talk about today are kind of systems and processes to help bring the complexity and bring it and make it simple. It's interesting if you're in here listening to Rob earlier, he talked about making simple things complex. We're going to do it the other way around. And so we never, as consultants, never do we find that we're coming up with the answers. That's not our role. Our role is to guide you to getting the answers yourselves because they'll be within you, especially when it comes to brand and personal branding and what you believe in and all those sorts of things. So today we're going to go through a number of different models and processes that we've used over the years to help you define your brand, your personal brand or, or your professional brand. So our business is called uh, Your Guardian. Myself and my business partner, Dave, are, are here today. So Dave's going to give you a little wave about now. So if you've got any questions on any of this, then feel free to come and have a chat with us. We set up Your Guardian, and the reason that we call it Your Guardian is it's linked to or taken from the Five Voices book. Don't know if you've ever heard of this. Anyone, anyone read this book? Five Voices, the foundational Five Voices. Anyone? Nope. Okay. So it's about the foundational voices that we use, and the guardian voice is the interrogator. The guardian voice is the person that says, what if it doesn't happen? Or maybe, what if, what if this was to happen? And what if that doesn't quite work? So we work with a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners who are very good at convincing themselves that they're right. Very, very good at convincing themselves that they're right. And we need somebody that comes along and says, what if? And so that's the role of the guardian voice. We, we kind of sit nicely on the fence and throw rocks either side. That's our role. So that's, that's the nature of um, your guardian, and that's where, it's, um, that's where it's come from. I do welcome any questions. So if any of this doesn't make sense, don't wait till the end to ask me a question. Shove your hand up. Dave will be looking out. I'll be looking out. Will will be looking out. So if there's something you want to say, if there's a question that you've got, feel free to whiz your hand up or just shout it out. Try and keep it clean. If you don't understand something, that's my fault, not yours. So it might be that we're talking about some concepts here that you might not have heard before, you might have. But like I say, if you've got a question, just, um, just let me know. Um, right. I want to get an understanding of who we've got in the room. So we're going to be talking about sort of business-related stuff. 
So, um, can you let me know if you're employed? Show of hands, if you wouldn't mind. Fine, anyone self-employed? Great, okay. Anyone work part-time, got a few things on the side? Okay, good. Anyone employed, wants to do something else, but didn't put their hand up because their employer's sitting next to them? <laughs> oh! <laughs> no, okay, okay, cool. Um, I'm going to ask for a little bit of vulnerability here. Has anyone got a business in a role and is a bit stuck? Anyone want to put their hand up and admit to that? Fantastic, thank you very much, sir. <laughs> yeah, you're going to do it. Um, fine. Um, anyone um, in a role got a new idea? Got something in there, they're desperate to get out, they really want to go and do something different, they've got an idea in their head, they can't quite join the dots up. Oh, go on, go on, you can do it, you can put them right up so I can see. Okay, good, 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 good. We're going to come back to you later on, and I've got a process that I'm going to run through, and it would make so much more sense if we did it using a working example. I can give you all my anecdotes and all that sort of stuff, and you'll be really bored of hearing them in about 40 minutes' time. You'll be praying for the coffee break, so it'd be much better that we bring that to life with a working example. So if you're keen, when we get to that, I'll ask you guys who've got your idea to shove your hand up again, and we might subject you to public humiliation. If you do, I've got another book I'll give you, another notepad, so there's something to win as well. <laughs> Let's crack on. So. We believe, or uh, we believe as a business, that anybody's got the capability of running their own business. And it's really only limiting beliefs and maybe a lack of focus are the obstacles to success. And in a lot of cases, actually, what we really need to do is slow down to speed up. So when we're talking about new businesses and we're talking about entrepreneurs and all those sorts of things, the majority of people that we work with want to go really, really fast. And what we find is we're often reining people back. We're reining people in to really think things through because we need to work efficiently. We need to work um, as successfully as possible. So we're going to talk about brand. Um, so before we do that, let's ask a question. What's a good brand? How do we define brand? Anyone want to shout anything out at me? Mm -hmm. Okay. Good. So something recognisable. Good. Something you can relate to. Good. Anything else? Go on. The story, the, the story around the brand. Good. Any more for any more? Ferrari. Okay, that's a good brand. I think so. Okay, and why do you think it's a good brand? Because they make desirable cars. Okay. Good. Okay. That's not really us defining brand. What we've come up with there is, and you fall into the same trap that everyone else does, that's kind of the end point of brand. They're the outcomes, the great brand, Ferrari, Kellogg's, the story around it. Those are the final pieces of brand. And um, there's loads and loads of different ways to define brand. And that's actually what, what makes this a bit of a minefield. Because there are branding agencies out there, there are marketing agencies out there that will help you uncover your brand and all that sort of stuff. But if you were to do, I did a, um, I went to a dear friend Google and uh, looked up brand, elements of brand. Six, nine, the 27 elements of brand. It is an absolute minefield. And really, I'm going to hit you with it and this will be it. 
Brand is almost everything that you do. That's it. And every part of your business, every part of your persona, everything you do will impact on your brand. So we can talk about these things that are up there, um, identity and trust and design and blah, 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 blah. They're all linked to your brand. And so what we need to be able to do, we can't just jump to the end product. And what, what you've highlighted when we first asked you is, what, what makes a good brand? We've come up with that kind of tip of the iceberg, the final piece of your branding. And it's often a place where we go to. What is it, what's the look and feel? You know, what does it stand for? The brand promise, things like that. But brand is so much bigger than that. And there's a whole raft of work that needs to happen to inform your brand. So if you're coming to this session and expecting to walk out of here with a bright, bright new flashy logo, a logo and a new slogan and all that sort of stuff, I hate to disappoint you. That's not what we're gonna talk about here. We're gonna talk about the component parts that make up the outcome, which is brand. So you guys are strength and conditioning coaches. Is that true? Is that true for, for the most part? Is that right? You awake? Yeah, good. So you're outcome-based, yeah, aren't you? Your clients want outcomes. Is that right? Yes? Cool. Okay. If I was to come to you and say, okay, just, just, just deliver me an outcome. Make me faster. You'd go, well, <laughs> I can't do that. I can't just make you faster. How far? We, um, Lorena spoke about it earlier. What's our starting point? Um, uh, Rob spoke earlier. All that, I mean, I know less about what you spoke about now than I did when you started. Jeepers. All of that stuff you were talking about, there's all of that planning stuff that needs to happen for your outcomes. Brand is exactly the same. So all I'm going to do really is talk about the concepts of business in the same way that you guys talk about the concepts of fitness and development and all those sorts of things. So if we were talking about brand, the likelihood is we're talking about these sorts of things. What's our voice? What's our logo? What's our brand promise? What's our positioning? So that's what we spoke about, earlier, isn't it? Uh, Kellogg's, we said, there's a logo. Um, uh, Ferrari, logo, promise, positioning. We understand what it's all about. And in a lot of cases, when we're starting to create brand, this is where we head, and this is where we want to get to. And it might be that we're scratching our head thinking, well, how do we get here? Lo and behold, this is where we slow down to speed up and we take a step backwards. In, if you wanted to get to here, we actually need to start to understand some of these bits and pieces. The vision, the purpose, the personality, the targeting, the consistency. So I did some work with um, an education company in this marketplace, who I won't name, but if you can work out, actually I said it earlier, um, and they're a great company, and they served me incredibly well, and they did really, really well. And one of the first things um, uh, I, when I spoke to the owner, when I first walked in, was we've got a really, really strong brand. I said, great, what do you mean by that? Logo, name, strapline, all look great, look absolutely brilliant. But then, as I got under the skin of the business, I listened to a phone call. I was thinking, that doesn't, that person's just not said what, th there's no brand consistency here. Why has why salesperson one said something different to salesperson two? This was brand consistency. So don't get lost in just these um, final bits. Uh, brand is all about, and as I said earlier, it's all about a wholeness, a completeness. I'll talk about integrity. Integrity meaning completeness here. It was, and this is a nasty story, but I'm going to tell it because it's one of those things. So, um, same company, brand is perfect. One of the values was up on the wall, 
world class. But it was actually laminated and it was kind of sliding down the wall, blue tack kind of leaving a dirty trail. And below that was a bin that was overflowing. I was like, doesn't look too world class to me. We've talked about brand values, but we're not seeing them through. So just because we say them, we actually need to demonstrate them. And this is what I mean about a completeness, a wholeness with our brand. So if we want to jump to brand voice and logo and promise and positioning and all those sorts of things, we've got to look at our vision, our purpose, personality, targeting, and consistency. So what I want to do now is, like I say, we're not about to go, right, let's just pick on one of you guys who had your idea and just start creating a brand. I'm going to give you three models that we want to talk through that we've been using in our business to allow you, for you to understand what your brand is, for you to tease out of your own head what your brand is, what your overarching brand is. So we're going to talk through vision, we're going to talk through marketing focus, and we're going to talk through your ideal client journey. Um, if you Don't worry about taking photos of the slides. I'll send them out and put them on the app and all that sort of stuff. So first up, we talk about vision. When we work with any new business, we always talk about vision first. Vision and direction. Where are we heading? And in this case, it's really important that we use two lenses. I talk a lot about lenses. And so the two lenses we're going to look through here are what's our personal vision and what's our business vision? And so um, if you wanted to work through this, you can ask yourself these sorts of questions. So when you're thinking about your business, think about your business purpose. Think about who you serve. Think about what financial performance you want and think about the time frame in which you want to deliver it. All of these things will impact on your brand. They will. But then, from a personal point of view, especially if you're self-employed, if you're setting up a new business, you actually need to think through through your own lens of what do you believe in? What's your personal belief? Again, Lorena spoke about it earlier. She set me up perfectly. What are your personal beliefs? Who do you like working with? What are your financial commitments? What's your work-life balance? And where we need to get to when we're thinking about our vision is we need to make sure that our personal and our professional beliefs are aligned. If you can't think of all of this sort of stuff, think about the business purpose and what's personally important to you. They're the two critical things. And this is true, and this is nothing to do with your brand, actually. It's a bit to do with personal brand, I suppose. But even if you're look, not looking to set up a business, even if you're employed or looking for work, you need to make sure that your personal belief is aligned with the business purpose. And actually, uh, Rob said it earlier. Walked in to speak to Andy Boyd about a job working in performance and actually said, I don't want to do this. I actually want to go and work with kids. At some stage, there was going to be a misalignment in what the business was heading for and where he was heading. So they were going to part ways, and that's fine. You don't, if you're not aligned, it doesn't mean one is right and the other one's wrong, or one's wrong and the other one's right. It's perfectly okay to be misaligned if you're working with someone, but then just realize that it ain't going to be too successful. But if you are setting up your own business, if your business purpose and your own personal beliefs are not aligned, you are going to become disenfranchised pretty quickly. And those are two critical areas that will be absolutely fundamental to your personal and your professional brand. So, first point there, have a think about your personal vision. Have a think about your business purpose and your professional vision. Let's make sure they're aligned because they will 
bleed in to your brand. And it might not be here is external. This might be internal. And it might well be that if you've got, I don't know, members of staff and you're heading off one way and, you're, and your team is not following you or you're not aligned with your team, they'll be holding onto the back of you like some sort of water skier being thrown around all over the place and soon they're going to let go. So we need to make sure that we've got alignment here. So that's vision. That's the first thing that we would say. If you're going to go and set up your personal brand and think about your personal brand, head to vision. It will always ratify the decisions that you're making. If you haven't got a clear vision personally, if you haven't got a clear vision for your business, how do you know whether you're heading in the right direction? What are we doing for time? Doing okay. Right, next thing, we're going to talk about focus. Right, this is a model that we've worked on for a little while. Let me bring it up now. It's a fairly simple model. Um, and it's gone through many iterations. It's gone through many iterations. And actually, I'll go back to when I was at Strength and Conditioning Education. We used this model. Uh, and the first iteration, it didn't start with the top word. It started with what. And we sat there as a whole business. We got the shooters, owner, marketing department, customer service, played an important role, um, salespeople, myself, commercial director. I said, right, we're going to go through this. I need to make sure the team's aligned. Something's not quite right. What do we do? What do we do? What do we do? Because we started with what? And we went round, and everyone kind of had their say. And it was like, okay, we're kind of getting somewhere. But then um, um, Jane, her name was at the time, Jane, um, she um, worked in customer service. She said, I've got a question. What is strength and conditioning? It's like, well, that's, that's obvious. Come on. Okay, what is it then? And the owner and the lead tutor and the marketing department all came up with a different answer. And we were like, well, if our customer service team doesn't understand that, how does our market understand that? And interesting, the brand of strength and conditioning, the closer we get to it, and we've worked with the guys at the UKSCA more recently, the brand of strength and conditioning is a, is a kind of weird brand. Strength and conditioning itself, the moment you put those two words together, it becomes something else. Um, myself and Dave were talking to a guy yesterday who was interested in um, uh, working with us on some bits and pieces, works with boxers and say, boxers, they don't like strength and conditioning. They don't do strength and conditioning. They don't like strength and conditioning at all. And I was like, really? I dare say on a Monday, though, if you said we're going to do some conditioning, on Tuesday we're going to do some strength, they'll be all over it. Oh, yeah. You take my old man, my old man's 75, two knees, I say, you need to do some strength and conditioning. No, I don't. I absolutely do not. You need to stand up out of your chair, you need to move around a bit, you need to lose a few pounds, lad. Strength and conditioning, to my mind. The moment you put strength and conditioning together in a sentence, the brand changes. That's a challenge that you guys are going to face. How do you articulate that brand? What is strength and conditioning? It came out of this model. So I've, I've done a massive, um, I've, I've thrown you a massive curveball there. I wouldn't, you wouldn't usually go there. But it's an interesting one for you guys to go and think about as strength and conditioning coaches. And we have found it working with the Strength and Conditioning Association. Let's articulate what this thing is. It's enormous. It's bigger than maybe the perception that people has at this moment in time. Back to this model, back to this model. So this is atypical of like a, a SWOT analysis or a pestle analysis where we'd think, think holistically and start plotting things in. I dare say done SWOT analysis before and said, right, okay, start with S. Let's start with S. We'll do as many S's as we can. Now we do as many W's as we can. Now we do, oh, I cannot be bothered to do any T's. So <laughs> that's, that's what you shouldn't do with a SWOT analysis. Think holistically, plot it in. But with this, we do want to keep our structure. So we're going to start with our why. 
Now, you might have heard this before. Simon Sinek does a bit on this. Start with your why. Understand your why. Your challenge here, when you are starting to articulate your brand, personally and professionally, is why do you do what you do? And can you get that into a nice sentence that people will understand? I'm going I, I to run through it, and then we're going to have a quick go at it. And then we move into our what. Once we've got our why, we can move into our what. That's how we articulate what we do. Then we move into our target customer. And so if you go through this process, and again, I'll send these slides out. If you want to print it out, scribble all over them, feel free. This is where you might now have more than one um, version because your target customer will probably change. So when we're thinking about our products and services, when we're thinking of, about our business as a whole, think about who our target customer is. And this is not to say that if someone comes to you from outside of that sphere, you turn them away because the guy at the, some conference told me that you're not my target customer. This is when you're targeting, when you're thinking through your business proposition, think about who your very best customer is. Now, I've done this loads of times with marketing agencies that come and go, right, avatars, let's talk avatars. And we end up making up someone, and it's interesting, uh, Rob was talking earlier, he always comes, he, he was using Little Johnny. Little Johnny, Little Johnny, Little Johnny. And I would suggest... We avoid that. We, I, we always had Brenda. I don't know why Brenda kept coming up when we did this sort of stuff. It doesn't work. If we are thinking now, we've got an idea in our head and we want to think about a target market, don't make somebody up. Because you will make up who you want to make up. Here, I want you to think more specifically about a person that you know, a real, actual life person with beliefs with opinions, with values. So don't go making someone up just to fit this purpose. Think about it. If you've got a, a product in your mind or you've got your business that you're running and you're struggling to understand who you're targeting, think about your very best customer. That is number one, avatar number one. That is your person. Use that person. Don't think about age and shoe size and hair colour and sexual orientation or whatever it might be. That's old hat. Let's think about, if we know that person, what do they believe? What do they value? Let's start using that. Socioeconomic groups, what car they drive and all that sort of stuff. Oh, what's in their handbag? What flavor, what flavor ice cream do they like? All that crap. Think about beliefs. So when we're coming to target market, think about someone specifically. And it might be you have a couple of these. Work them through the model. As we come around, we can then go, well, if we're thinking about someone specifically, how does my company, how does what I do my product and service, how does, it, how does it benefit them? What positive outcomes do they enjoy? And there are lots of different benefits to lo lots of different products, but we need to be thinking specifically about the target market. We can't just think about everybody, because then we get a really woolly, kind of grey soup of detail. Once we understand what benefits are, then we can move around to emotions. How do they feel? Emotions drive behaviour. Let me say that again. Emotions drive behaviour. So one more time, emotions drive behaviour. We need to be able to articulate the emotional responses that our products and services elicit through the benefits that the people can enjoy. The emotions and benefits will be different when we, when we talk about target customer. Take a car. Most recent car I bought. I had a, I had a BMW. I had a £45,000. I didn't buy it. It was a company car. And um, it didn't play Spotify. Didn't play Spotify through the radio. And my phone beamed. I said, don't play Spotify. Yeah, it's funny, though, isn't it? I said, not really. No, it's not. And so the next car that I bought, the first question I asked, because at the end of the day, when I'm uh, driving home, I want music up and I'm, and I'm singing the day away. Whereas 
my wife wants ice to fix fixings in the back of the car and end cat rating and stuff like that, safe children in the back. I think, well, but I want Spotify, don't I? We both got a different benefit and emotion linked to the same product, and it's allowed to be different. But if we're not speaking to that specific target customer, how do we understand why that is? Then we move around to differentiation. Why are you different? Why are you different within your business? Why are you different from other people? And again, people talk about what it might be, what do the institute directors call it, DCA, the durable competitive advantage, uh, or unique selling points, USPs, yuck. Why are you different? When we think about USPs, we think, oh, okay, well, I can't think of anything, we haven't got anything particularly unique. Well, if you can't, can't think of anything particularly unique, think about it relative to that person. Because that will influence your brand and how you talk about it. Then we move around to integrity. Spoke about integrity earlier. There's two meanings here. First meaning is, um, is uh, are you, or have you got integrity within this marketplace? Where's your credibility? But importantly, where's your credibility back to the target market? Again, let's say my old man wants a Stennis airlift. Well, they've got FIFU ratings and I don't know, Facebook reviews and all that sort of stuff. My dad can't spell Facebook. What's the There's no credibility there. And they might be sitting there going, look at all of this. Look at all this wonderful stuff that we've got. Look at this. Look at, the, look at how we articulate our success, our credibility. And you go, well, but my target market's not looking at that. If Eric down the bowls club's got one, he's the man I need to speak to. That's where my credibility lies. So when we're trying to articulate our credibility, let's again, let's make sure that we're speaking to our target market. Integrity also means have we got integrity in this model? And so does everything lead back to our why? Does all of these decisions that we're making lead back to why we started this thing in the first place? Because if it doesn't, like a wheel with a broken spoke, it's going to fly apart. So have we got integrity? Does everything link back to our why? And more importantly, does everything link back to our, that target customer? So when we're actually speaking to people, who here... I'm going, to go, I'm going to go straight into promotion. I don't know why I'm going here, but we might as well because it just illustrates the point. Um, who here um, is in a business and might be doing, I don't know, content creation or um, online marketing or that sort of thing? Adverts, speaking to people. Yeah, cool. Every now and then, you might lose your mojo a little bit and you're like, oh, what am I saying today? Use this model and go back to speaking to the person that you've absolutely nailed as your avatar and make sure that is what you're writing, is what you're putting out there, absolutely fit for that person. This will become a great model for you to, almost as a donor for your promotional efforts, again, feeding into your brand, that brand voice. Um, who's got a new idea? Come on. We've got five minutes. We can either do it now or I'll move on. Rob, you've spoken enough. Put your hand down. Anyone? What's your name, sir? Paul. Paul. I love that name. Um, what's your new idea, Paul? Um, so I'm, so I'm a business and I'm looking at uh, codification within sports. So I'm going to the Oxford Codification Championship and why that's an outlier of codification so they better understand. So more like grassroots and lower level. Okay. What was the middle bit? Sorry. Don't worry. I was, I was, being, I was trying to be funny. Um, why do you want to do that? Why is it important that that happens? Um, in personally or in Not in personally, as in 
conceptually for the business, for the product. You, I, I know that probably personally you want to be fulfilled and you want to earn a shit ton of money and, you know. Okay, um, and why and why is it important that we do something with that? Uh, just to basically help one in terms of result, like long-term development of like lingual ones. So that I've used the word being completed before when I first started working. Mm -hmm. Coming at eighteen, brilliant at the sport, but never really been had any help with just like what we call that. Okay, and why is it important that that happens? To give them a better standing for the rest of their life. Okay, and why is that important? You're, you're, you're going to want to punch me in a minute. You're going to want to punch me in a minute. But all I'm actually doing here is asking you the same question over and over and over. So you deep dive even further to the most primitive reason as to why things should be different with your product. You started with your what. I've asked you why five times. And you've got all the way to the bottom of now raising overarching standards and all that, all that good stuff and giving opportunities to children. You know, you could keep going, couldn't you? And then that becomes a much more powerful driver. And so if you were walking into an organization asking for funding and you led with, this is why I do what I do, it would be so much easier to then articulate the what, the who, the how. Okay? So if you've got a new idea, note it down. Why is it important? Why is it important? Why is it important? Let's get to the most simple reason as to why that's important. So there's a model. Like I said, I'll put these slides in. Feel free to um, feel free to have a run uh, a run through it. So it's a simple structure to follow, and it will, should give you clarity in your thinking to bring that idea to life, and it will also influence every element of your brand. Be as specific as you possibly can. Follow the process. If you're finding it difficult to understand the benefits of your products and services, your business, you as a person, it's because you're not thinking about the target market clearly enough. So when this model gets grey and woolly, it's because the previous element is not clear enough. Have a number of versions. And then what I would say is, as far as the why is concerned, get it down into a nice sentence. Can you tell somebody the story? Can you record it and bring that story to life? And if it feels right and you can clearly articulate it, that's your brand voice. So, again, the two critical areas here, the why and the target market. Right, I'm going to race through the next bit, and actually it's linked into what Rob spoke about earlier, which is quite good. Um, so, do you want to talk about ideal client journey? Because this is the part that we might start thinking about. Our ideal client journey, this will impact on our brand consistency. And so previously we spoke about well, um, this company had a really good, a really good brand, really good front-end brand. But as you got as you got closer to the brand, and as you spoke to different people, the um, the answers became slightly different. Um, so this is all about brand consistency. Um, and so I want to talk about client journey here. And actually, Rob picked up on it, and he was looking um, when he spoke about there was a, a change to his program. Um, something wasn't quite right within the program. And um, that's kind of at the, the kind of customer phase. This is looking at the, the overarching customer journey. So the ideal client journey is the ideal path that somebody takes to be uh, attracted, converted, delighted, returns and refers people to you. So again, if you've got 
an idea, uh, Paul, you might want to start thinking about, well, if I was going to go and speak to prospect A that I've just highlighted in um, my, uh, my focus piece to get to the vision that I spoke about first, who is that person and what is their journey from not knowing me or me not knowing them, because that's the suspect, all the way through to being delighted and referring people to me. If you can think about every step of that journey, that will help us operationally, it will help us with our costs, it will help us with our messaging, all of these bits and pieces that will impact on our brand. So I'll go through the steps really quickly. This is an example, and there's almost journeys within journeys here, apart from suspect, as I say that. So a suspect is someone that doesn't, has not made themselves known to you. They're out there, you want to probably target them, but they've not come forward yet. That's a suspect. Then when you do... Um, when that person has been attracted to your business and they kind of say, well, I'm interested in finding out a bit more about it, they then become a prospect. And again, within the prospect journey, the prospect to sale journey, there's funnels and all that stuff that we can talk about, but your brand is going to be important through each of those touch points. You might have heard of sales funnels and all those sorts of things. This is where consistency, where voice is going to be so important. If we don't know what the journey is, we don't know what the brand needs to represent. Then we move to the customer journey. So when someone becomes a customer, obviously that's someone that's utilizing your services. Now, as far as you guys are concerned, the likelihood is you're gonna be working with people for a long time, or you certainly want to work with people for a long time. Again, Rob had his slide up saying, this is my kind of four year customer journey. So what does that journey need to look like? Because that will influence your brand. And that will need to influence every step of your brand. So the customer journey, there's a, there's a whole raft of work that can go in. Well, yes, we can think nuts and bolts. How is someone going to pay? How is someone going to enroll? What does it look like when they arrive? What does it look like when they go home? How are they prepared? There's a whole load of things that we can think about here that we need to think about to make sure that there's a coherent journey through your business which will influence your brand voice, which will influence all of those things that you say throughout the life of your course, your program, your products. How do they come back? What's the mechanics for that? Why would they come back? How do you deal with that? And then how do they refer? In an ideal world, in a sales world, if you can get people referring people to you, it's the most cost-efficient way. You haven't got to do a load of stuff about who you are and all that sort of cool stuff. They'll know who you are. They've already, you've already developed an amount of trust. So this is a fairly simple client journey. This is the concept of client journey. As and when you dive deeper into this, there's a whole world of information that will influence your brand, what you deliver, how you deliver it, when you put it out there, who says what, what media it goes out in. And so I'll just um, talk a little bit. I'm conscious of time. I'm going even quicker now. I usually talk fairly fast. So um, we're just going to expand that model. And so when we're talking about brand and media and all that sort of stuff, we've got stakeholders below and we have got lines of communication above. And so within your client journey, and this is what I was talking about, uh, strength and education, great, 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 great front end brand, really strong, good logo, good colors, you knew exactly what you were getting, good strap line, but that was a marketing department, they own that. When that person was shunted into the sales department, it depended who you spoke to as to what they said. And so we need to think about what's that transference of data interdepartmentally, how are we delivering that message, and what are those messages? 
And so as you work along those various different stages within your business, and it might well be that if you are in a team, it will become apparent that you've got a marketing department, a finance department, and third parties and all that sort of stuff. If you're a lone wolf and you've got to wear all these different hats, you do want to think about it through the lens of these different departments. I'll just do everything. Yeah, okay, that's going to be tough. Let's think about it through the various different lenses of these departments and think about that transference of data, what information needs to move interdepartmentally, and then at the same time, we've got an external message that needs to happen. What media are we going to use? And so this is where we're looking at telephone, email, social media, in-person, website, apps. Can we think of any other loads of them? So we need to be thinking about what's the transference of information and understand this is where your brand will crack. If we haven't got consistency, if we haven't got systems and structures, if you haven't got a good understanding of this journey, your brand will fly apart. <coughs> Key points to remember, we're almost there. Thank you for staying with me. I say that, it's on the next slide. Um, be clear on your personal and professional vision. Ensure those two things are aligned. That will influence your values and your mission statement, all those sort of things. And again, actually Rob did, gave us a really good presentation. Who was in, who was in Rob's um, presentation? Uh, are you doing it again? Yeah, tomorrow. Uh, come back tomorrow if you weren't in it, because it actually illustrates this point really, really well. Um, he put his mission up right at the front. Really strong, really nice mission for his business. And right at the end, it's almost like we, we um, compared notes. Um, he's talking about uh, how inclusive he is and his T-shirts with, with a brand on it for about, and, and, and everything flowed all the way through the journey. It was, a, it was a lovely example of a mission flowing all the way through to outcomes for his clients, which is great. So be clear on your personal, professional vision, make sure they're aligned. Consider your why, that's our mission, our purpose. Think about the people that we serve, think about them specifically. If we can understand the detail of our ideal client journey, we will know where our potential pinch points are, where our brand might well fall down, we'll know what the media is that we're using, we'll know who's saying what. All of these things will influence our brand. So if you can start to, and maybe use those three models, the vision model, the focus model, ideal client journey, that will inform your brand vision, which will inform your brand purpose, personality, targeting, consistency, which will then lend itself to your brand voice, your logo, your palette, your promise, your positioning. Don't try and run to the end, come all the way back. Again, I come back to it. You guys are coaches, you work with athletes who want outcomes. Someone just comes to you and says, deliver me an outcome or I'm going somewhere else. There's a whole raft of work that you would need to do to understand what that journey is going to be. That's how this will impact on your brand, what you say, what you deliver, why you're important. Okay? Anyone got any questions on any of all of that? Go for it. Uh, so if you've got a product that is designed for a youth athlete, for example, do you build your focus model around speaking to the youth athlete or to the parents? Ah, that's an amazing question. Thank you ever so much. Your target market, the person is doing the transaction, you're talking to the parent, probably. But you do want to build it 
with the, through the child's eyes as well as the parent because two sales processes will have to happen here because your athlete will need to buy into what you're doing. But this is where fundamentally those benefits, emotions, differentiation can be massively, massively different. So two lenses there. The likelihood is the transaction, the transaction of cash, I should say, will happen with the parent. But the transaction of emotion and time is going to happen with the kid. Would it be worse then if you were to do a social media campaign or advertising campaign to actually do two separate ones? If your target market, if the, if the child is viewing what you're doing. Yeah. Clearly, if they're not, then don't. It depends what age range it is. But again, for me, I think I need to take responsibility for what I say. But if your target market is um, reachable, and you can do that efficiently, and it's going to impact on the outcome, I think I probably would. Yeah. Thank you, great question, thank you.